Dudes Talk Sports, hosted by Will Thomas and Chad Tujak. Hey, my name's Chad. I'm the other dude that'll be talking sports with you this morning. Hope everyone's having a great day. A lot of people consider, oh man, the Patriots, that's the best team in the AFC. That's the best division. And so that's where I actually completely disagree. I think that a lopsided division is not a good division. I think that if you added more competition to the division, that would make it a better division. So my 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 Patriots division, which would be the AFC East, is actually my least competitive division. Um, I come in maybe two or three years ago, we think of the AFC North as the most competitive when the Ravens were in their, their prime and the Bengals were actually middling of the pack. Uh, now I obviously have the Bengals downgraded, the Ravens downgraded, and then you move on to the AFC South. AFC South was very competitive last year up until Deshaun Watson got injured. And then it became like a two-horse pony or two-race whatever horse, um, between the Jags and the Titans. I do see the Texans being a lot better this year. If Andrew Luck plays 17 games, that, that's one playoff game. Um, I see them uh, I see them being a really competitive division, but that's a lot of ifs and buts. So to be cautious, to be safe, I think the AFC West is the most competitive division uh, with the Oakland Raiders having a complete gut and rebuild with Derek Carr leading that franchise. I think the Kansas City Chiefs still have a gold mine of offensive talent. And I think the Chargers have steadily, piece by piece, built the most complete team in the AFC West. Uh, AFC South, you have the Texans, you have the Colts, you have the Jags, you have the Titans. That's another compelling division. I would say that would be the one that's rivaling um, the AFC West in terms of being a uh, more complete, uh, fun-to-watch competitive one. You have, I mean, Texans, like you said, if Deshaun comes back, awesome. Uh, Colts, if luck makes it out of the preseason, awesome. Uh, the Jags, right now the Jags are, like I like I said with the Steelers, the bell of the ball. And the Titans, again, banking on Mariota, uh, Derrick Henry, all that stuff that they've kind of added and tweaked. Um, so they're, they're another fun division to watch. But the AFC West, I agree. Uh, with the Broncos, you have everything going with them with – Von Miller, you have Bradley Chubb. Um, the backfield is going to be fun to watch, the defensive backfield, especially with the exit of Akib. Uh, you no longer have their version of the Legion of Boom that won them the Super Bowl. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs, that's going to be fun as uh, Patrick Mahomes kind of takes over and uh, seeing how that offense thrives. They have all the players around them, but can that QB pull the trigger and make them you know, what Alex Smith made them as well as if they can make them better? Um, the Los Angeles Chargers, I my heart goes out to them because they've lost back-to-back tight ends uh, due to, I think, Achilles or ACLs. And then they've had Jason Verrett go down again for the second year in a row on his first drill of his conditioning test, coming back from his Achilles, apparently retours Achilles, which is an insane bummer uh, for him. And then you have the Oakland Raiders, again, John Gruden coming in, uh, being led by Derek Carr, you have Amari Cooper, you have the signing of Jordy Nelson, Martavis Bryant, if he can stay not suspended, that's an awesome pick. Uh, Khalil Mack, I'm excited to see how, if that uh, contract situation works out, um, but they have a lot of players all across the board. I, I agree, I think AFC West is the most uh, dynamic and complete division. So do you have anything else to say on that? Yeah, so... In the AFC West, um, it's crazy because last year we had, you know, every year we have two teams that make the playoffs in sure. two of the divisions, right? It just has to happen by yeah. the way of the, the playoffs. I would make an argument that the AFC West actually has three teams that are ready to go right now and wow. make it to the playoffs. I don't think the Broncos, I, 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 uh, I can't speak on Case Keenum. 
Um, I know that he was surrounded by really talented players last year. I can't say that the Denver Broncos offense is as talented. Um, the tight end position is not as good as it is in mm-hmm. Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota led the NFL last year in defense, so he really had a lot of freedom to make some mistakes and take some risks, and they paid off. Emmanuel Sanders is fantastic in the slot and even on the perimeter, but he and Stefan Diggs are two different players. There's no Adam Thielen in Denver, and Demarius Thomas, I think, has questionable hands. So I don't think that that team makes uh, makes the playoffs this year, but I think that the Raiders, who made the playoffs two years ago, uh, and Derek Carr got injured, and then uh, I think Matt McGloin started that game or something like that, sure. um, could make the playoffs this year, and, and I'll tell you why. So in the draft, they went both sides of the ball in the first couple picks. Mm-hmm. They went uh, offensive tackle in the first two offensive tackles in the first three rounds, and they went two uh, defensive linemen in the first four rounds. So second mm-hmm. and fourth round, uh, they picked up PJ Hall and Arden Key. Um, mm-hmm. I think that Derek Carr coming into his fifth year out of Fresno State, working with someone like John Gruden. I mean, John Gruden has seen every single locker room and talked to every single quarterback in the NFL. I think that this is going to be his his. Um, his, I guess his Peyton Manning tour. You know, sure. this, it, he's going to win one or two Super Bowls here and then walk off in the sunset. And if he does it this year, I don't think he does it this year, but maybe next year, maybe the year after. Sure. Um, they've done a, amazing work surrounding Derek Carr with some talent. They did ship off Corderell Patterson. That experiment's over. I think he's in New England now. Yeah. And they, had, they gave him Martavis Bryant, who is an absolute burner, who runs a couple routes, not just the go route. And Jordy Nelson, who's just a savvy 11-year vet. Just coming in and teaching everybody, taking him under his wing, taking Amari mm. Cooper and just kind of showing him the ropes and how to be a veteran. Amari Cooper was already very mature uh, for where he was at. I think he just needed to stay healthy and stay on the field. One of the big reasons that I have the Raiders making a humongous jump is because of the staff that John Gruden actually brought in. So he brought in 13 coaches as mm-hmm. a man, minimum 13 coaches as a part of his takeover. Mm-hmm. And the most important coach to me that he brought in was Edgar Bennett, who's going to be the Raiders uh, wide receiver coach. Correct. And I'm sure you're familiar with Edgar Bennett. Oh yeah. For his, uh, his time in green Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's been, he was in green Bay for 13, 13 seasons. He was there for Joe Philbin. He mm-hmm. was there for the beginning of Mike McCarthy, Mark Sherman. I mean, he was there with Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers. you name it. He's been there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what's important to note is that he was there from 2011 to 2014 as a receivers coach, where the Packers actually were second in the NFL in receiving touchdowns. Correct, correct. Yeah, so um, maybe the Raiders struggled the last few years. I mean, if Michael Crabtree is your he, – and he's a great receiver. I love Michael Crabtree. He was drafted at Texas Tech, I believe, by the Niners, 19th overall mm-hmm. uh, many years ago, with supposed to be the best hands in the NFL. Yeah, and you know who went in front of him? I think it was uh... – What's his name? Who was drafted by the Raiders initially uh, that actually went in front? I can't remember his name. He played at, uh, I want to say, Maryland. Um, I'll remember later. I, either way, I'm sorry for the, uh, the side drive. No, no, it's all good. Anyways, so with that rich spoil of wide receivers, I think Edgar's going to have just a bevy of, of plays to call and, and routes to, to get these guys up and going. With Jordy Nelson, he already has a great rapport with. I mean, 96 passing touchdowns over three years. I know mm-hmm. you have Aaron Rodgers, but Jesus Christ, that's like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, th- I think with Edgar Bennett, I think the value that he brings 
as a position or as a positional coach is is outstanding. I know the last year or last two years, um, I believe, is with Green Bay. Uh, he was the the quote unquote offensive coordinator, which in Green Bay that means that you're just you're right under McCarthy uh, because McCarthy that that offense in Green Bay run lives and dies by McCarthy. He calls the plays, he does all that. He very re- reluctantly gives up his play calling duties. So Edgar Bennett did have a chance or did have a chance to thrive in the offensive coordinator position, but it wasn't really truly an offensive coordinator position. Like you said, the years that he was the wide receiver head coach, I mean, we had a, a good bevy of, of talent to work with, whether that was going from, you know, a Greg Jennings to James Jones to uh, Jordy, you have Devonte, you have so on and so forth. Cobb. Um, he had a lot of people to work with. So I think him being able to parlay that and bring his experience over to Oakland, uh, especially bringing in someone who's very familiar with, with Jordy, who can kind of teach, you know, the young bucks the ins and outs and how to just do every little thing as a professional. Uh, I think it's, it's super beneficial. So with that, uh, I think we've covered the AFC, uh, the best, obviously our agreed opinion, uh, the best division over there, the AFC West. I think one other per, or one other team that I'm excited about in the AFC West, uh, just to kind of gloss over real quick, I really like the Denver Broncos. Um, I love the Kansas City Chiefs, but I like the Denver Broncos. I love what they did in the draft. Um, I think for them to be able to get Bradley Chubb and pair him up with Von Miller is awesome. Uh, I think grabbing Court or Cortland Sutton to go along with Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas to go with a Case Keenum. Case Keenum, the verdict's still out. He's had a decent year in, or with the Rams. He had a great year last year with the Vikings. Uh, he's been able to He's been able to prove that he can do it, but on a consistent level, I don't know. But he definitely has the weapons around him to continue to do that uh, here. And so I'm excited to see how that kind of plays out. Uh, obviously, getting Royce Freeman from Oregon, they get another back to uh, to pair with their already uh, – I forget the actual running back's name, but their, their actual starting running back. Um, I loved the pick of Troy Fumagalli, the tight end from uh, Wisconsin, because in Minnesota you had a great blocking tight end in Kyle Rudolph. With Fumagalli, he gives you the same thing. And I think Case Keenum, being an undersized quarterback who can see the field, I think what he needs is he needs time to not be a magic man and just get the ball he to looks, his playmakers. He looks like a little kid back there He looks sometimes. like an accountant. He, he I, looks I, like I, an accountant, <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's kind of bizarre. You say an accountant? Yeah, he looks like an accountant. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, well, the, it's like the, he's the, back there crunching numbers. Yeah, like. the, the Packers had a guy named Joe Callahan who had the best sports name <laughs> of all time. Uh, but Joe Callahan would look like he was running around with his like a chicken with his head cut off. But he would make plays. I mean, the the, the QB position became was inherently natural to him. And I feel that's the same thing with Keenum. But when you look back there, you don't see a Roethlisberger. You know, you don't see an Andrew Luck. You see somebody of a very diminutive or diminutive stature who who looks. Uh, more or less like an accountant. So there's no there's no knock on him. Accountants make a lot of money. They're really good at what they do. So, uh, <laughs> well, first of all, to, let me get – how dare you? How dare you? How dare you, you promote the Chiefs and promote the Broncos, but then don't even talk about the team that's going to win that division. Look, man. I, the like, Chargers. I, the Chargers I, are going to win just, that division. I, I just – I can't. I can't buy into that, man. I just – You can't buy have, into that. So, I mean, just, just to throw this out there, who do you think led the NFL last year in pass yards? I'm going to go ahead and say Phillip Rivers. The, yes. The 278 yards per game. Obviously, that has maybe something to do with their middling defense. You think, bit. But they only allowed 17 points a game last year, which is bad, good for third in the NFL. The one where they the, the place where they lacked was they, they allowed 131 rushing yards per game last year. And you know what they did? They went out and drafted this guy named Derwin James, uh-huh. who's a tackling machine. 
Yeah, I know. He's, he sleeps with the Packers, and we completely passed up on him. He did whiff on him. And then you guys drafted uh, – or you guys, the Chargers drafted Nwosu, who was uh, – he's a linebacker, and then Justin Jones. So the first four picks, really, of their draft was for the defensive side of the ball. So they're good on offense. They have a bevy of – and I know we love to use the word bevy here, but their, their wide receivers yeah. are so talented. Tyrell – Williams, um, they have Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, they have Melvin Gordon. I know they're thinking about bringing Antonio Gates back. This is a big offense. They're it's, tall it's a guys. Big offense, they're but it's huge. a difference between big offense. You have a dynamic big guy in Keenan Allen. I'll give you that. Mike Williams, you have a dynamic athlete, but we don't know what he can do, let alone if he can stay healthy. Tyrell Williams, I think he's good. I, I don't know how he's good. Slight. He's slight. He's slight, but he's there's good. A lot of, there's a lot of question marks there. But you talk about how they led the the NFL in passing last year. Man, I remember another Chargers team with another equally good quarterback in Dan Faust, the Air Corel offense. They did the same thing, man. They they revolutionized that vertical offense of just pushing it downfield and not because they didn't have a running back, because you know Philip Rivers had Yeah, Philip Rivers has Yeah, Philip Rivers has Melvin Gordon, so he has a running back to pass off to. I just think that defense right now, man, it's hard to play catch up. Especially uh, the defense is good. The defense only allowed uh, 17 points a game last year. I agree. I and mean, I the it, problem it, it, last year and the problem every year with Philip Rivers is he turns the ball over. He correct. throws interceptions, correct. and you can't. I mean, you can't win a game if you don't win the the turnover battle. No, I agree. I completely agree. So I think that. I mean, I just. I don't. I think that they'll be what they usually are. I think they'll finish with an around 500 to above 500 record. But I don't. I just. I just can't see them winning it this year. I think there's too many other hot teams coming into it. So that kind of concludes our AFC talk. Uh, obviously, we're we're super excited about the AFC West division. We have conflicting uh, ideas on who's going to win it, but that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. No. Hey, man. Uh, so we're gonna get into the uh, the NFC, uh, the best NFC division, in my opinion. I know I'm a little bit of a homer, but I think competitive wise, I think it's the NFC North. Um, I think that. Man, I think Minnesota, as much as it pains me to say it, I mean, everybody, who, even who's not a hardcore fan, can look at it and just appreciate what they are as a team. They are a dynamic young nucleus. Um, they just wrapped up um, Stefan Diggs' new contract. So they have Stefan Diggs, they have Adam Thielen locked in to go along um, with their new uh, Corvette acquisition and Kirk Cousins. Uh, you, you still have Rudolph, the aging wonder, Rudolph around. You have that almost entire uh, nucleus of young defenders locked up sans Anthony Barr. Um, so I'm going to be curious to see if they can work something out with that. But I think that the NFC North, um, with them, with the Packers coming back, the Lions are always a wild card, you never know. And then the up-and-coming Chicago Bears, who normally I would have just, just wrote them off. I mean, I think Trubisky is going to have a decent year for a, a you know a sophomore quarterback but you never know until they actually do it it's only his really third year it's starting as a quarterback on any team outside of high school it's you know and he's he had one year starting at North Carolina he had maybe half a year starting last year and this is going to be his first full year starting but what they did do is they made sure to surround him not just with the um, the running back core that they solidified last year and drafting Tariq Cohen to go along with Jordan Howard, which is, again, a huge best friend to having a uh, rookie quarterback just to be able to pass it off um, to them and let them carry the team. But the free agent acquisitions they, they got with Trey Burton, with Allen Robinson, um, I think that they did a really good job um, at surrounding themselves 
to not just bank on the rookie quarterback, just to let him go out there, make some plays, let him manage some games, and just not mess up. Um, and even if they do mess up, they get you know they their team has the the ability to get the ball back. Um, so I think the NFC North, in my opinion, is the most competitive. I look at the other divisions. Um, man, the the NFC East, obviously the Eagles, awesome. Redskins, they they could be solid this year. You never know. Alex Smith, you're not downgrading by going to Alex Smith. Um, I think with the Giants, they, again, they have playmakers everywhere. Can they bring it in uh, like they didn't do last year? I know a lot of people were hurt. I don't know. <laughs> I was think, hurt. I, I bet yeah. big on the Giants last year. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to be hurt again this year because I'm going to oh. bet big on them again this year. No, I, I agree. I think with when Brandon Marshall signed, it was like, oh, yeah, oh, man, yeah, yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a toughie to kind of swallow the fact that they were that bad. Um, the Dallas Cowboys, yeah, I'm just going to gloss over that team. <laughs> uh, the, the NFC South, uh, I'm excited about them too. There's a lot of young up-and-coming teams with the aging vet of the New Orleans Saints. You know, I just I, Dude, I don't see Michael Thomas is not that old. Come on. No, hey man, yeah, he's super <laughs> old. But yeah, it's like I, I'm excited for that. Uh, I love the NFC West too. I think they're I, I like. There's a lot of excitement there, along with a changing of the guard. The Seattle Seahawks are no longer the sheriff in town. It's amazing to think that just last year. Sheldon Richardson was signed, and everyone thought that he was going to be the missing piece that made a elite NFL defense of the Seahawks, the Legion of Boom, to the Monstars level. And then it's amazing how that just completely crapped out. So I'm curious. On paper, the Los Angeles Rams look like paper champs on defense. So I'm curious to see if that kind of goes in that same favor because nobody thought that the Seahawks were going to be that terrible on defense last year, and they did uh, due to well, unfortunate injuries. Yeah, I mean, so I kind of am going to go with the same logic that I went in the AFC. I think the the question marks surrounding the NFC East is just enough for me to say that's not the best team in the sure. conference. Yeah. The NFC North has the talent at quarterback at almost pretty much on every team. Mitchell Trubisky is not bad, and the uh-huh. Chicago Bears defense uh, is, is very, very good um, yeah. and, and very underrated. The NFC South, actually, I would say is more talented as of teams. You have more talent per mm-hmm. team than the NFC North. And that's saying a lot because the NFC North has a lot of talent. But, I mean, you look at the spoil of riches that they have in wide receivers in that division in sure. the NFC South. I just have so many big question marks about the NFC South teams that I can't – like um, the, the Bucks quarterback situation, yeah. the Panthers quarterback situation, I don't think Cam Newton's as good as everybody else thinks he's good. I mean, once he was forced to pass the ball – Things mm-hmm. people, people, you know, the joke was kind of up. You know, people yeah. figured him out last year, and the defense fell apart. Uh, Daryl Worley's gone. Obviously, you know, uh, Norman's been gone for two years. The mm-hmm. Falcons, my humongous question mark is on their offensive coordinator, Steve Sarkeesian. You know, I'm not sure, a big yeah. fan. Yeah. And the NFC West, uh, I think it's just as lopsided as maybe some other divisions. Maybe like the Steelers. Um, I don't want to say the Steelers and the, the Ravens. I guess those are two good teams, but I think that the the Rams have so much leverage over the other three teams as far as talent and coaching is concerned mm-hmm. uh, that that makes the NFC North, I agree, the best team in that conference. And I think that the NFC as a whole is just a better conference right now playing better football than the AFC. Yeah, I think it's a more competitive, uh, much more competitive division. Uh, like you said, it's you kind of have – you have your set kings right now still in the AFC. You know, you have your your Steelers, you have your Patriots. You know, the Colts have fallen off, but they're making their way back up. Um, but then you have your up-and-coming teams, you know, like you have the Chiefs, you have the Broncos, you have the Raiders all in the AFC West. Um, but, man, I think at the NFC, there's so many wild cards. There's so many um, rich teams and talent across the board. 
um, that it, it just makes it an overall exciting division. I think it, a, a much better competitive division. Oh, and I remember the uh, the wide receiver, the fun fact that was drafted ahead of Michael Crabtree, Darius Hayward Bay, and I remember that. Oh, I remember that because what? I remember I remember watching the draft and then. Uh, beforehand when they used to cut the cameras to the uh the draft picks before they were uh, actually announced so you could guess if they were picked which is unfortunate um i remember they cut to michael crabtree instead and so i thought he was about to get picked and they said darius hayward bay and i remember him grabbing either it was his uncle his dad or his friend and they just started laughing and i was like wow what a stand-up guy so i hope that wasn't in response to them thinking that wow darius hayward bay got drafted in front of me that's hilarious uh, but that was a uh, that was well. My the funny, I, I think the funny thing about that is that they both are playing for like. Uh, well, I guess Darius Hayward Bay is playing for a better team than the Steelers now. They're both still in the NFL, which is surprising. Correct. Yeah, I mean they've been playing. It's got to be eight or nine years now. Um, uh-huh. And Darius Hayward Bay has had a much less celebrated career than Michael Crabtree. But uh, yeah, you know whatever, man. I I he's big. He's fast. Yeah, no, I agree. And then if you're big and you're fast, you get drafted to the Raiders, especially while uh, the, the <laughs> As late, Al Davy, Al D was there. So I mean, that makes sense. So that pretty much concludes our, our divisional. Uh, who who's the best in the AFC, the NFC, our conferences, and all that stuff? Uh, we're gonna go on to playoffs right now. Uh, talked about um, who will make it this year. Uh, who made it last year and won't make it this year, and then possible sleeper teams that can sneak in. Uh, so, Chad, I mean, I'm looking at the playoff teams right now. Who do you think uh, made it last year that will surprisingly not make it this year? Uh, well, I think out of the AFC, there's a couple teams, a few teams that I think could easily miss the playoffs. I think the Bills, the Chiefs, and the Titans, they all could miss the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Chiefs, like we said, is a part of the best division in the AFC. If Pat Mahomes doesn't play up to par with the defense – uh, is just like a flood last year and just lets all those points. I mean, they were one of the worst defenses in the NFL last year and yeah. Chiefs. Um, and they did not They did some things to get better, but I don't know if it's enough. Um, mm-hmm. So I think surprisingly, not surprisingly, the Chiefs finally missed the playoffs here. Um, no more Alex Smith, no more playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, I'll, and I think the reasons why is because Pat Mahomes takes a year to acclimate. The defense isn't as good as they, as they thought it was going to be, and they spent a lot of money on Sammy Watkins. That's just not going to pay off. Sure. We saw what he was doing with the Bills. We saw how he was used with the Rams, where, or not used, I guess is a good way to put it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, their 365 yards allowed a game last year doesn't get much better and they're just in a constant foot race and pat mahomes is looking downfield the entire game get taking sacks and throwing interceptions sure now i think i'm looking at it right now and i uh, right from the get-go i know that uh i have a hard time buying that the buffalo bills make the playoffs you know oh yeah well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah i think that's a given uh, i think that they're definitely in a turnover right now uh, i think you have josh allen um kind of spearheading that movement um and I think with LaShawn McCoy, I don't know how that whole situation is going to work out with him being involved with the police and all that stuff. I just think that right now that – Oh, yeah. If, if LaShawn McCoy doesn't play football next year, the Bills don't no, play football next no, year. No, no, not at all. Not, not in the slightest. I think if the, it's, it's scary to think that if LaShawn McCoy doesn't play football next year, that that's Micah Hyde's team. That's that's that becomes their identity. So it's kind of like, oh, man, <laughs> everyone's uh, gonna be in the parking lot jumping through tables. That's, yeah, pretty you know, much. Up in Buffalo, much. which is probably equally, doing. if not more, more entertaining. So. Oh god, yeah. When I watch those, I see them, when they miss the table. That's my favorite. Oh no, it's my favorite, <laughs> but it's also one of those things that it, like just shoots a spark up your back. You're like, oh god damn it, I can't oh, believe they can't did watch. that. 
Uh, aside from that, I'm looking at the Titans. I don't know if the Titans. It, it depends on Mariota's big if if his big contract year you know happens and he he, he balls out. I think the sky's the limit for them. I think they can possibly squeak back in. Uh, the Chiefs, I think I, I think the Raiders actually. So I think the Chargers win the division AFC West, mm. and I think the uh, the the Raiders slip into that Titans spot um, at five or four or six. Either way, I, I think the Raiders slip in. I'm just so surprised that the Bills were there last year. Sure. They were not a good team. They ran their way in there, and they played. I guess good defense, good enough defense. Mm-hmm. Now I know you talked about AFC. Uh, did you mention any NFC teams that you were you'd be yeah, surprised? NFC is a little tougher. NFC's yeah, got some great teams, I and, and I just thought that you. I I don't know if it's because I'm biased. I'm a Niners fan, but I think the NFC is a better conference, and I don't mm-hmm. think that we see the Panthers there next year. Mm-hmm. But it would it would kind of hurt me to not see some of these other teams. I mean the. The Falcons are always fun to watch. I just wish they were a more a well-coached offensive team because they uh-huh. could light the league up. Um, they have the maybe the, one of the most talented rosters in the NFL. Yeah. The Rams, I think, obviously, we'll see them there, and I think maybe this time next year we'll see them with a bye in the first round. Mm-hmm. The Vikings, the Saints, and the Eagles. Uh, I would not be surprised if the Eagles regressed. I yeah. would not be surprised if the Eagles regressed because last year they were hot, and mm-hmm. this year uh, injuries – all these things can happen, and I and I don't, would not be surprised if the Eagles did not repeat a playoff appearance. But everybody else, Eagles, Panthers, that's about it. Everybody else, I could see coming back. Yeah, well, I mean, you, you talk about the Eagles um, regressing. Definitely, I think there's been a, a slew to change up the word from Bevy. There's been a slew of uh, NFL teams that have won the Super Bowl, and then on the honeymoon year, they completely crap the bed. I mean, they don't even make the playoffs. And that's just been proven time and time again. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Eagles definitely regress. Um, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I, I think the Vikings are definitely one of the top two-seeded teams. I think that, that defense is too good, and I don't think you get worse by adding Kirk Cousins. Um, I think the Rams, man, I, I think that they're in it. Uh, obviously with them going full all-Madden mode and, and getting – you know, Marcus Peters and Aqib Talib and getting Sam Shields out of retirement. And then you got yeah. What if they just suit. what if what if if um if Jared Goff gets injured? Just like just hypothetically, Jared Goff sure. gets injured. You put Todd Gurley in the Wildcat, and you just win every game. <laughs> Todd Gurley gets zero yards passing, but uh, the defense gets you know twenty one points on on uh, on sure. pick sixes and fumble returns, and then sure. Todd Gurley rushes for seven hundred yards, and then you know zero pat. They don't even need to pass the ball anymore. Uh-huh. Well, there's probably a reason why you're doing this little podcast. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I'm saying that no, that team is so good. They are so talented. No, you they, know, they, they are end arounds to Sammy Watkins. Yeah, I mean, come on. You just you have you're so spoiled. You're well, such rich. I, I, th- I think they did a great job. Um, obviously, you look at their their defense and getting Sue. They even got you know. Hopefully, they can squeak a down out of Dominic easily. Uh, that interior pass rush is going to be insane with Aaron Donald, Sue, easily. Um, and then you kind of branch out, and you have amongst the backfield. Now, I think Aqib Tlaib's a little bit overrated. He's a little bit older. He's losing his speed. Um, I think Sam Shields is one, you know, a, a possible knock-knock joke away from a concussion. Uh, I think that Marcus Peters is what Marcus Peters is. He's going to give you the ball at least five times a year. Um, but he does give up his big plays. Um but you still have Lamarcus Joyner uh, and, and the uh, the deep half of the backfield. So that that defensive backfield as a whole is is insane. That defense as a whole is insane. Um, so I'm really excited to see that. But I think where they did a really good job is as soon as they lost Sammy Watkins, they filled that role in with Brandon Cooks. And I think that he is everything that they wanted Watkins to be with trying to um, 
trying to fill that dynamic vertical threat that they had initially envisioned to uh, the guy they traded to uh, to Dallas. What's his name? Uh, the wide receiver that was with the Rams that they traded. Now he's a running back with the Cowboys. Oh, I'm not sure. Yeah, he played at West Virginia. Either way, I'll remember just like Tavon Austin. Yep, Tavon Austin. They good, good job. Um, yeah, I said so, I, I said Sammy Watkins earlier. I meant Brandon Cooks. That was an upgrade. Now they do end yeah. rounds to, to Brandon Cooks. Oh yeah, yeah. I think he's everything that Sammy Watkins is with staying healthy. I know he got concussed last year, um, but I think with especially how his rapport automatically seems right now with Jared Goff, man, it's I think that offense is going to be something fun to watch, and I think that if, if Jared Goff gets hurt and they decide to listen to this podcast somehow and take your advice, then obviously Todd Gurley, his fantasy stock bumps way up if he's running the Wildcat offense because he's going to be getting tons and tons and tons of touches. So that's an exciting team to watch. Um, I I agree. I I like the Falcons. I think the Falcons honestly get in over the Saints. Um, I'm hoping and not just – oh, I am hoping. This is the reason why. I'm hoping that the Saints – this is year or Drew Brees' uh, Peyton Manning final year where everyone kind of goes, oh, yeah, he's old. Uh, and then they just completely pick him apart because the Saints traded to the Packers their first-round pick this year. And so I think it's time that Drew Brees has a bad year, but I don't think it will. But there's, there's a lot of exciting teams. A lot of well, teams I mean, that, that, team, yeah, it's, that team's buoyed by a, a really yeah. strong defense now. I mean, oh, Marcus, yeah. Marcus Lattimore was incredible to watch last year. Correct. I mean, did you watch just his one-on-one coverage – he oh, no. was he's a blanket. Uh, just a blanket. He was just a, really fun from a defensive perspective to watch. Yeah. And just I know people didn't think love the stat sheets. People were like, oh man, he didn't you know, Julio Jones didn't have this catch or Mike Evans didn't have this catch, but watching mm-hmm. him play football was was wonderful. Uh, that being said though, uh, who makes the playoff? Who's who's your surprise pick to make the playoffs? We'll start in the AFC. Man, the AFC I, I don't want to drink the Kool-Aid and say the Browns. I refuse to. Um, but part of me wants to say the Browns. I think that I think I'm literally drinking the Kool Aid as quickly as possible. And I think if Tyrod Taylor can lead the Buffalo Bills to the playoffs, I, along with Lashawn McCoy, obviously, I think that Nick Chubb and Carlos Hyde, along with you know Tyrod Taylor, incorporating a Josh Gordon if he's mentally stable and a uh, Juice Landry, and then possibly Dez if he ends up going for a visit there because there's interest there. I think that offense has playmakers around the board, and I think their, all, their O-line um, is it was stout to begin with, including as of last year. But, I uh, mean, that, that team has a lot to be excited about, and I don't want to drink the Kool-Aid, but I'm going to go ahead and say the shocking pick, drinking the Kool-Aid, the Cleveland Browns. How dare you steal my Kool-Aid? That was nope. my pick. I my had it all week. I was just ready to say that. They were seventh in the league in rush defense. Uh-huh. They went out. They drafted this guy named Denzel Ward, who Who's everybody that? freaked out about. They're yeah, like, why don't you take Bradley Chubb? Why don't you take Bradley Chubb? Uh-huh. You know, they have Miles Garrett. They got Baker Mayfield, who has not thrown an interception from what I hear in camp at all. He uh-huh. looks fantastic. Tyrod Taylor is a historically conservative quarterback. Doesn't Correct. take a lot of risks. Throws maybe 20 times a game and runs 20 times a game. Mm-hmm. He's fast. He's methodical and he's somewhat accurate. They have Juice Landry. They have a, a like just a crazy offensive spoiled rich team. Mm-hmm. I think that with David Njoku, I think that's mm-hmm. how you say his name. Yeah, uh, he takes a huge leap. I think that you know it just it looks good I, I don't know about Carlos Hyde I, if he stays healthy I think he does also really well I mean we saw what Tyra Taylor did for for all the running backs power backs and uh, you know like 
uh, I don't want to say scat back. He's not really a scat back, but right. you know, all those ag- agile guys. You know, I, yeah. I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be a good offense. I think they were so close to winning a bunch of games last year. Yeah. Um, and I think they, I think they actually get it done this year. I think they win nine, nine games. Oh, it pains me to say. I think they win nine I, games I this agree, year, sneak into the playoffs, man. I agree. Well, I, oh, I like. The, I, I love their their offensive backfield. I mean, you have Carlos Hyde. You have. Um, Nick Chubb from the University of Georgia, and then you also have uh, Duke Duke Johnson, who can play both that scat back, the third oh, yeah. down back. Duke he can flex, he can flex so to the talented. slot, and they got him for dirt cheap for what they signed him for. What they signed him for versus what Jarek McKinnon got. I was oh, yeah. kinda, it, was I was, like two, it was like two million a year. Versus yeah, seven and a half million. I a was year. blown away. So I think that they have playmakers all around the board, and like you said, Tyrod Taylor, a historically conservative quarterback, doesn't have to play. You know, it doesn't have to take the risks that he normally doesn't want to take. He and he does have playmakers in case he wants to take those risks. If you want to toss it, toss it up to Josh Gordon, chances are he's going to come down with it. If you want to throw a slant to to Juice Landry tight in coverage, chances are he's going to come down with it. So well, yeah, it, I, mean, I mean, then you have, I mean, we haven't even seen scratch the surface of Corey Coleman, which everybody no. says is a complete yeah, monster. I agree. And then we have Josh Gordon, who you know he's going through some stuff right now, but he's doing all the right things. Correct. To, he's only actually played three NFL seasons in his six, six almost seven-year career. But uh-huh. the dude is 6'3", he's 225, he runs a 4'4", and he has got monster hands. Yeah, so I think when you get Corey Coleman, Jarvis Landry, and Josh Gordon on the field with Dave Njoku, and like you said, Duke Johnson back there, or Carlos Hyde, whoever it is, they're the same person. One's a little uh-huh. faster, one's a little bigger. It doesn't sure. matter. Either way, you pick your poison. Tyrod Taylor can run. He can pass. I think it'll be a crazy offense to watch. And I'm, I'm drinking that juice all offseason long. <laughs> all right, so since I stole your thunder with uh, answering your AFC steal, who do you think makes the NFC who didn't make it last year? Well... I'm glad you asked. <laughs> I think the Niners sneak in, man. I think mm. the Niners shock the world this year. They open up. They open up the season against the Vikings. Uh-huh. Um, I think if they win that game, they just. Un- I mean, I don't, it's it'll be a tough game to win. It, that I think oh, that's sure. going to be a very very high scoring game. I think Kyle Shanahan's offense, like we've talked about, the 21 personnel there is very hard to defend. It was very hard to defend in in um, in Atlanta. It's mm-hmm. very hard to defend in San Fran. It's just a lot of scheme passes. Jimmy Garoppolo was hailed and praised for his accuracy, whatever, last year. I love Jimmy Garoppolo, but I'm not praising him today. I'm praising the scheme. The scheme mm-hmm. was good. Um, <clears throat> you know, uh, just coming from the words of Jalen Ramsey, he is more afraid of the playbook than he is of the quarterback. He sure. says that that playbook got Jimmy Garoppolo paid. And, you know, sometimes in the NFL, all you have to do, be able to do is read a couple – Read a couple of squiggles and do exactly what squiggles tell you it's to do. It's that simple. Read it's a couple squiggles, you can make so much money in the NFL. <laughs> well, Jeff Janice, if he could read a couple of squiggles, he'd be, he'd be <laughs> hey, a, a highly read, paid. <laughs> Jeff Janice can read a couple of squiggles. I don't know if he can run a couple of squiggles. That's the problem. So. Well, yeah, I think the the Niners have a uh, easier games this year than many games in the past against the Cardinals and Seahawks. I think if they split with the Rams and they take a few games in the NFC North. Uh-huh. Um, that, that that they squeak into the playoffs as well. I know they play the the Packers at home. They play sure. the Vikings at home. I think if they squeak out a couple of those games, they'll be okay. I think they can win a coin toss. It's it's a coin flip between the Chicago Bears. If maybe the Niners have a slight edge, so sure. Uh, I think if they improve and they get some uh, some some uh, some talent, I want to mm-hmm. say I don't know uh, some juice, 
some love out of that mm. uh, really big defensive line, Solomon Thomas, sure. um, DeForest Buckner, and Eric Armstead. I think if they get the talent out of them, they can squeeze and get the talent out of them and, and get the best out of Richard Sherman and Cassius mm. Marsh and all those people that they added this offseason. They are going to make the playoffs. They're going to slip in. They might not win a game this year, but they mm-hmm. might slip in. No, I agree. I think like if they can actually dethrone the Vikes, you know, in Week One, I, I, I think it's off to the races at that point. Um, if they can manage to do that, I think they can beat anybody. Uh, my my surprising pick. I mean, I know everybody wants me to say the Packers. No, sorry, everybody expects me to say the Packers. Um, but I'm gonna go the New York Giants, man. I wow, think that, yeah. ah, that's a good one. That's yeah, a good one. I, I think that the addition of Saquon, I uh, covered a good bit of his games. Um, that that guy can't do. That guy cannot do anything wrong. I mean, he he he's in it for every single down. He can play out of the shotgun. He can play out of the eye. He can play out of weak. He can play out of strong. Um, he can pass block. He can go out for the catch. He can run up in the middle. He can run between the tackles. He can come around the the, the ends on, on draw or on uh, sweeps. He can do draws. He can do whatever you want, and he can do it effectively. So and he'll no, even take the trash out for you. He does it all. He does it all. Booby Miles. <laughs> um, I think that that team no longer has to rely on an aging Eli Manning just hucking it up to Odell, trying to make a a, a cataclysmic or cataclysmically insane one-handed catch i think that now that you have a a healthy odell you have sterling shepherd on the other side you have um saquon in the backfield man it's like there's a lot to be excited about the team that defense really shored up uh especially their front four um and i just think that there's a lot to be uh, excited about with that team i can see uh as soon as the first rushing touchdown that saquon scores eli's gonna Call Tom Coughlin and be like, I love Vicky Valancourt. <laughs> she has pretty titties and she loves me too. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Tom Coughlin will tell him to lose his number at that point too. So I think that concludes our, our, our playoff talk. I know we don't have a lot of time, so I just want to briefly touch up on the divisional talk, state of the NFC West. You are our residential NFC West fan. You've already kind of touched on the uh, the 49ers. You say they're going to make the playoffs. Uh, do you think if they make the playoffs that they are indeed winning the division then? No, I think they sneak in as a wild card. Correct. So well. with yeah. that, uh, I know you, your, your thoughts on the Rams. Uh, what do you think about the middling Cardinals and Seahawks? I think the Cardinals have a talented team. Uh-huh. Uh, they just don't have the pieces ready. They're not mature enough yet. And I think the Seahawks um, – are mature enough but don't have the talent. So right. it kind of like opposite ways. You know, if John Brown was on the Seahawks and David Johnson was on the Seahawks, it would be a way different Seahawk landscape. If Chandler Jones was on the Seahawks, it would be way different. If Pete Carroll was coaching the Cardinals and Russell Wilson was on the Cardinals, they would just be a lot better. So I think if you mix the talent together and the coaching together and the maturity together, it's two one great team, but they're two separate teams that have that need each other. I, I agree. I think I'll cover real quickly. I think the Seahawks, uh, I mean, I mean, they mean well. You know, I think it's going to be the Russell Wilson show. I think the defense is hanging on to their last few studs with Earl Thomas, you know, pretty much hanging on via life support. Uh, you have Frank Clark, you have Shaquille Griffin, you have like Bobby Wagner and K.J. Wright. They still provide a glimmer of hope on the defense, but, you know, not all is lost. But if your backups are a trio of underachieving uh draft picks rounding out with you know barcavius mingo Dion jordan and marcus smith uh man okay, it, first of all how dare you barcavius mingo was the best thing that happened in cleveland yeah, they, yeah he was <laughs> yeah sure he was yeah i'm sure he was they're all really big tall fast guys and i appreciate did you know marcus smith also played qb that's why the philly uh, that's why the eagles drafted him because they're like 
or one of the reasons they said, oh, a pass rusher who can understand, you know, the logic for quarterback, that's going to be beneficial. That's been really beneficial thus far <laughs> to Marcus Smith. Uh, I think with the Arizona Cardinals, I think it's going to be a fun year for them. I agree. I think they're a talented team. You have, uh, you know, exit Carson Palmer, stage right, insert Sam Bradford, Josh Rosen, and Mike Glennon as the trio of quarterbacks. Uh, I think, you know, David David Johnson returning should provide a huge boost in production. Uh, you have the immortal Larry Fitz coming back for his 90th season in the NFL. Patrick Peterson is uh, the pretty much lone defensive star outside of Chandler Jones uh, with Trey Boston as the next best player. And I think pretty, I think an Antoine aging or Antoine Bethea. I think he's back there too. Oh, uh, but oh. yeah, but Chandler Jones, Marcus Golden provide the juice up front, but Man, it's like with Robert Income Deitch, who knows what that's going to play. If Dion Buchanan is going to continually be the guy that the announcers always gush over when they're talking about his versatility, um, I think the I think the Pew signing was a nice signing for guard. But uh, I, I agree. I think what's best that can be said about him is that they're a uh, they're a talent rich team. I guess you could just say. Yeah, if they had different coaches or a different quarterback situation, they would be a contender. And then on the flip side, if you could take that defensive talent and put it on the Seahawks, they mm -hmm. would be a contender. And you, you could coach that, um, you know, but unfortunately you can't do those things and the talent's not on one team and the coaching's not on the other. Yeah, I agree. I think if you could Frankenstein them both together, then perfect, but you can't. So it makes it easier for you guys uh, to kind of contend with the Rams. So that's good. Uh, that concludes our podcast today, guys. Thanks for listening. We went over a lot of stuff. We went over the best divisions in the AFC conferences and in the NFC conference. We went over playoff teams, those who made it last year, those who sneak in this year. If you disagree with us, let us know. If you agree with us, let us know. Uh, that concludes Deuce Talk Sports. Thank you, guys. See ya.